I got a time for induction uh, and uh, uh, I was so relieved that I was going to be induced and actually at the morning I remember I had kind of a small fight with my husband and he was like <laughs> he was so nice he embraced me and he was like you know what you're gonna give birth today you can just let your shoulders down <laughs> we don't have to have to fight you can save your strength you're gonna give birth okay I welcome you to a new episode of the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Swedish midwife Åsa Holstein. I have finally recovered from my second round of COVID and am now ready to continue my mission to let positive stories about birth come to life. In this episode, we will meet Rebecca, that during her third and very unplanned pregnancy, indulged in the podcast to get inspiration for setting her mind on claiming yet another positive experience. If you like to hang out with me in real life, I am now offering one-to-one online coaching sessions where we together will find what you need to feel safe and secure about your upcoming birth, or we can start the healing process of a previous birth that wasn't what you had hoped for. To read more about what I offer, go to the Positive Birth Story Podcast.com. This is a podcast with women for women. Rebecca, welcome to the Positive Birth Story Podcast. Thank you so much, Yosa. It was actually you that sent me an email after you had listened to the podcast. That's true. Yeah. Um, I actually fell accidentally pregnant <laughs> when I was turning 40. And uh, I, um, uh, after um, some hard thinking and uh, soul searching, when we decided to keep our baby or I decided to do it, I decided I needed to have um, some kind of uh, pep talk that actually that really helped me to embrace um, my pregnancy and uh, to uh, feel prepared for that. And I, I felt very grateful um, during my pregnancy and after my son was born. And so I reached out because I wanted to, uh, I wanted you to know how much I appreciated the podcast that it really meant something to me it makes me my eyes start to tear up <laughs> mine as well <laughs> so this is uh, this is why i'm doing this podcast just to educate and to help women to find their power to you know go through pregnancy and dare to give birth yeah the way they want to give birth it's pretty cool Yes, it is. It certainly did the trick for me. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> you're the mother to, before uh, your son Julian was born, mm -hmm. which is the birth that you're going to share with us today. Mm -hmm. You are, you were already the mother to two daughters. Yes, that's correct. I have one uh, 15-year-old and one 10-year-old. And uh, they were born in... Uh, a positive way, um, uh, both positive experiences. My third pregnancy was really not planned. <laughs> so I was uh, very, very surprised at first, uh, even though I have always been 
uh, very happy to when I when I had my two first children. It was nothing problematic or anything like that. But I was really unprepared for a third uh, go, <laughs> so to speak. And is that why you felt hesitant in the beginning if you were going to keep yeah. that pregnancy or? Um... Yeah, I was uh, picturing my life taking uh, another turn. I was uh, uh, thinking that I was going to put uh, a lot of uh, effort into work, uh, that maybe we should travel more with our family, do that kind of stuff, um, to have like a big children life. (laughs) And uh, instead of that... um, I felt pregnant. <laughs> and you had tried to become pregnant yeah. quite a few years before that. You had told me. Yeah. Had you almost started to feel like it would never happen? Yeah, I had. I I really had. Uh, I'd like kind of I had closed that door. Mm. Uh I and I that was sad for me at times, but both me and my husband, we were like, we have two kids. They're like fantastic. It's not like life owes you three kids just because you want it. Uh, so so we, was, uh, we were like, yeah, if it doesn't happen, we just like live with it. And uh, years went by and and so I was like, well, it's not going to happen to me. So I focused on other things. And then <laughs> and then it happened. <laughs> Life wanted differently. Yeah. <gasps> Thank you for sharing. Uh, we haven't talked about it in this podcast prior to you talking about it now, but this is a pro-choice podcast. I am pro-choice. Yeah. I want every woman to be able to decide her own choices around her body. Mm-hmm. So I think it's beautiful that we have that opportunity and we can also decide to explore having an abortion and then decide not to do it Yeah, <laughs> or go through with it, whatever is the best choice for us and the family in that yeah. moment. And because uh, when, when I discovered I, I was pregnant, I was really hesitant and, and, well, for some reasons, it was like strictly shallow <laughs> reasons that I was like, I'm going to get fat and I don't want to, I've already done it twice. I'm going to like, my vagina's going to break <laughs> and like really, really childish things. But uh, then I had also ch- uh, like health issues. Well, um, because in my family, we've had health issues that's been uh, connected to pregnancy. And so I was like, uh, I don't want I don't know if I want to put my body through it because it's a big thing. It was a real struggle for me. Like every night when my kids had went to bed, I was like crying with my husband and like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to make this. And, and he was very, very supportive, actually. And very like, we will do whatever you think is best. And uh, then I went and talked to a woman actually at an abortion clinic because uh, I asked to have a talk uh, with someone uh, so I can could kind of land in whatever choice I wanted to make. And she was, uh, it was a good talk. And then she asked me like, well, actually, there's no right and wrong here. Uh, you can think, what do you want to fill your life with? 
Do you want to fill it with uh, work and travels or do you want to fill it with a pregnancy and a new child? It's really up to you. And uh, then I kind of thought that maybe I had already put a lot of effort into my job. Maybe that could be on hold. This is a chance I'm never going to have again. And uh, I decided to embrace it. And um, once I did, I was very, very happy and excited. And my husband was also, uh, he was so fantastic during this because I was like, well, then I'm going to have like a really, really nice pram. (laughs) And all like, (laughs) I was so shallow in so many ways. But he was like, yeah, whatever. And I uh, looked out like a big silver cross, vintage pram, like the really, really like a big Chrysler kind of baby pram. And um, those kinds of things, they sound like maybe like, oh, she's a very, like she only cares about how things looks and so on. But that wasn't really the thing. But they were like symbols for me that I I was choosing this. And uh, I was actually uh, celebrating it. In that sense, all those things helped me to to embrace it. Mm. Yeah. And you said that you told me before starting to record mm-hmm. today, you told me that Julian has been such a great gift to the whole family. Yeah, it he truly has. Like once we decided and we told our kids, we were very nervous. What they were going to say that they were maybe going to be like, what? Like, no. But they were like, really? Really? We're going to have like a sibling? No, that's so... Uh, we love that. And uh, maybe they didn't throw out, but that's what they showed us. Because sometimes from what I heard, if you mm. have a kid and you have teenagers who are like yeah. almost teens, they can think it's pretty disgusting. Like, yeah. It's so obvious you did it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, I myself got a, a sibling when Me I was too. 12. And I was, and I was so like, embarrassed. That's gross. <laughs> but... No, they didn't actually show that, at least to us. I mean, obviously, they probably thought it sometime, but they they were they were actually happy, and it was like a big expectation for the family. We at the ultrasound, and we were we had decided already that like we we have two children, and we're going to really be focused on them. So we were like we we're going to see at the ultrasound that everything's okay and we were so happy to see that it was. It was even it, we were really really glad to see it was a boy also because we had two girls and we have like no boys in my family. <laughs> we're girls 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 and that's fantastic but it's been really fun to to have a boy as well. So bring us back to the day when uh, the birth um started yeah uh, so on my first two pregnancies I went I passed my due date with like two weeks Mm. which I really hated Mm. I've like uh, good patience with my pregnancy until like week 38 and after week 38 I'm so done and I'm so ready to give birth like everybody (laughs) but uh, to give birth early has never happened to me (laughs) and I was like maybe this time but no no it didn't so uh, Julian had kind of 
been spinning around in my uterus. Uh, his head was not even down, like he was uh, sideways. He was in breach for a long while. And he turned around like it was like so spacious in the womb. And uh, yeah, he really, really did. <laughs> uh, every time I went to the midwife, it was like, no, he's like this now. So uh, I... A couple of weeks before he was being born, I was actually, they tried to turn him and he turned back. So at the day he was born, I got a time for induction uh, and uh, I was so relieved that I was going to be induced. And actually at the morning, I remember I had kind of a small fight with my husband and he was like, <laughs> he was so nice. He embraced me and he was like, Do you know what? You're going to give birth today. You can just let your shoulders down. <laughs> we don't have to, have to fight. You can save your strength. You're going to give birth. Okay? And so we went into to the hospital. We had got the time. We should be in at 10 o'clock. And when we got in, they were like, so what do you think about how he's laying? And I was like, I think he's actually turned. I think he's got head down now. And they checked with the ultrasound and he was, he was in the right position. So uh, then a really nice midwife came and uh, talked about how the induction was going to go through, that I was going to get a drip with oxytocin. And uh, after a while, they were going to pop my... Um, waters. Waters. Yeah. And... Uh, so they started to give me this drip and uh, uh, slow, quite like immediately it started to happen like small contractions. Really something that's like I was really happy that it was happening. So it wasn't bothering me. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to give birth. <laughs> <laughs> um but I had also, since I knew I was going to be induced, I had listened to um, actually the podcasts that you, you had made, the positive birth story about getting induced. So I was like, this is probably going to take longer. I'm probably going to get very tired at the end. I'm going to have to eat and drink good. I'm going to have to save my strength. And I'm probably going to have to take an epidural at the end because the body is going to be more tired in another way. But so we had prepared and I told my husband to bring the computer so that we can Netflix and <laughs> we had ordered like a special streaming service that had... Um, oh, what's it called? Downton Abbey. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're going to watch Downton Abbey. And uh, so we did. We were like watching Downton Abbey. I couldn't really move around since um, Julian wasn't fixed. Um, we couldn't, uh, there was an uncertainty about the um, umbilical cord, uh, if it could be squeezed. If I was moving around, maybe uh, it would be squeezed and he would be affected by that. And then maybe it would be a cesarean and you could avoid that by being kind of still. So I was sitting in bed in different positions and really having like 
a good time. Lunch came and went and they like the when they broke the waters it was good the other times my babies had been a bit stressed so they had pooped in the water he hadn't this time and I thought that was positive did it make you have stronger contractions when they made a water break I was worried it should and I guess they were stronger but now that I think back it's like Not in a sense that it was uh, uh, very much worse. In the sense, because otherwise, uh, when I had uh, when I gave birth to my daughters, when the water broke, it was like, yeah, okay, now I'm. It was almost push mode for mm. me, but it wasn't like that. It got stronger, but um, was really able to handle it at the time. I was uh, still in like a very happy mood, <laughs> so to speak. And um, so it continued like during the day and, and I was kind of obsessing about going to the loo uh, because uh, I drink a lot of water. I really like to drink. So uh, I was... Um, I had heard that on the podcast and I knew it since beforehand that it's really important to pee. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go and, and pee. Like really every time I got a, a, a sense that I should, I did. And that was very, very uncomfortable, especially like when it started to be like dinner time because the contractions had gotten worse then. And the head was pushing down whenever I peed. So I was crying so hard every time I went to the bathroom. Uh, and But you I, still went. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was very determined not to do damage to my bladder. <laughs> so um, I had laughing gas. And uh, I... Uh, I really love laughing gas. <laughs> It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, and it's helped me during my first two um, deliveries. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to have that. And I had that for several hours. It started, it started then around maybe eight o'clock that I started to open fully. And then I remember also there was like an old midwife who came in <laughs> maybe like around that time maybe a little earlier and she was like no your labor is not established yet and I was like what I've been in labor How for cruel. so many hours <laughs> and so so that was kind of discouraging but I was like yeah I I got bad my, my husband he's a really really good delivery support oh he uh, is. yeah what kind of support did he offer you or what kind of support did you want to have well he held me and he was like you can do this you know it's like it's really fine and he like um he was patting my back and like it sounds like what every husband does but he does it in a really really good way I've been very happy to have him when I've given birth. So 
this time too, I was like very confident that I'm going to have like the best support and he's going to have my back. If I, if I can't speak for myself, he's going to know exactly what to do. He's going to speak for me. Sounds like he can keep his calm. He's calm in the situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's really, he, he, he trusts the process. Yeah. He really does. You. Yeah. He uh, has a big trust in me giving birth. Yeah. And he's, since, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a pregnancy and uh, birth nerd, you can say. I've always been very, very interested. So I've always read up, uh, even since I was like a little child, I've been like reading and uh, asking people. So I have, I had a lot of uh, possible scenarios for like, this can happen and this can happen and this can be done. And what I, I knew a lot of things and that that's helped me a lot mm. when I've given birth but anyways um then around eight o'clock something like that I was feeling very much like I was very ready to just not give birth anymore go home yeah, to the good yeah. <laughs> I was like very very tired I want to go home first. I want to go home yeah. I was like sad I um I didn't feel like doing this anymore And then I decided, like, maybe this is the time to have the epidural. And there was a doctor after, like, a while. I knew it could take a while before they were coming. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to hang on in here for a while. And then she came and she put it in. And I think it didn't really sit exactly perfect because I was like, I had kind of sense in one side of my body and uh, it wasn't really even but it was even though it wasn't perfect it was still helping me so I was like I'm gonna really take this time to just try to relax to rest to prepare for actually pushing in a while and uh, so I was um, well just uh, having the epidural for a while wasn't sleeping or anything but um, but it wasn't so intense because it had gotten quite intense and when you're tired it feels even more intense because you can't really cope with it in uh, the best way that you can when you feel more oh i don't know at at the start when you're like more yeah yeah now we're gonna do this when you have more energy that's why it's so challenging you know pain yeah. is we perceive pain so differently mm. and if we're tired or if we are afraid or if we don't feel safe of course it's going to be more painful yeah um, if labor takes many hours you do become tired after a while you become tired in your body you become tired in your mind and in your spirit and it's yeah it's truly challenging it truly is if you think that these stories are important do join me as my patron you will by doing this help me to finance the making of more episodes I truly think that we together can change the narrative around birth and empower more women in believing in their own strength. So go to Patreon and look for the podcast. And um, then actually those two last hours before I started to push, it's kind of a blur. Uh, It's like I, at that time, I was just lying in bed 
uh, couldn't really move because of the umbilical situation mm. uh, and because I was tired and because at uh, like every time I've given birth actually at the end I've been like no I'm not gonna move no <laughs> I'm just gonna lay here and see whatever happens so if somebody tells me to move there I'm like yeah you can move me but I can't move and so I was just mainly lying there and taking the contractions and then at the very end, things started to actually become a bit serious, which I didn't really grasp uh, because Julian's pulse was getting down a bit because of the um, umbilical cord was being a bit squeezed. Later, we found out he had it two um, times around his neck and one time around his belly because he had spun around so much in my <laughs> uh, uterus before he was born. So uh, he his pulse was going down and uh, it was kind of a panicky situation, my husband said. And I was like, no, no, I, I didn't really feel the risk. I didn't feel scared. I just, uh, uh, they told me that like, now we're going to take uh, out the epidural and uh, you're going to have to push. Can I just ask you, do you think you didn't feel the panic because you felt Julian being okay? Did you have that feeling of him being fine? I think so. Yeah, I thought about that. And especially since I listened to other birth stories, I've been like, uh, no, I didn't really feel worried. Mm. Because you you feel very connected to your baby. And in in my sense, he was okay. So I think so, actually. Yeah, yeah, I do. And uh, But um, the personnel was obviously anxious to getting up, get him out. And obviously that was an important thing. So uh, I was uh, maybe 10 minutes to 10. I was ordered to push which I probably wouldn't have been able to if, if it was my first time. But since I had done it twice before, I knew what to do. And I had started to get like pushing sensations, but I didn't really have it all the way through, maybe because of the epidural, maybe because I was tired. But they told me to push and in 10 minutes, I had pushed him out. And uh, it was uh, oh, it was so fantastic. He, they took him out, and I was crying so hard, <laughs> which I'm doing now too. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, is it Julian?" Because we had already decided the name before. Like, "Hi, hi, welcome!" And he was there. They lifted him up on my belly, and they had like um tangled him from the umbilical cord <laughs> and, and put him on my belly. And um, that sensation when you get your baby, it's always so surprising how hard the head is. Uh, kind of, you think like a baby is soft, but the head is so hard. And they're so slippery and small. He was lying there and he didn't scream at first. They had to help him a bit, massage him. I don't really recall that. I read up on it and my husband told me. Uh, but when I got him there, I was like really anxious too because we have uh, 
been told he was a boy and I was really happy it was a boy. So I was like, I want to know now if it's a girl because I want to just embrace her now then <laughs> and know and say goodbye to the boy bit. <laughs> but it actually was a boy and uh, and he was lying there and uh, it was uh, over or this, it started. <laughs> His life started with us. So, <gasps> yeah. Could you recall the feeling from the other two times? When or was got... it yeah, or was it like a totally new feeling? Like welcoming him? Um It was a new feeling. And of course I can recall the other two as well. They were two different experiences, but it's such a fantastic feeling when you see your little when you sense your little baby when it's outside and it's actually there. Um, I think when I think back on it, it was very much just him and me in that moment in the same way that I can recall when I've uh, taken my other two babies to me. It's been really like me and her, me and Debbie, me and Edith, me and Julian in that moment when I taken them to my heart and they've been born so I'm asking you because I have the same experience yeah I also have three children two girls and a boy and it's been so different and I think when I've been thinking about it I think it's because they're all different persons yeah so it has to be different yeah because it's it's different it's and I have different relationships with them I love them equally much, but we have different relationships because they're different persons. And I'm a different mom to them too, I think, in a way. <laughs> I think so too. I think that's very true. Because you think that it's going to... And I remember that, that I had a little bit of bad conscience after giving birth to Alba, my second child, because mm-hmm. I didn't experience it the same way as I did with Clara, her bigger sister, and I thought it was wrong. Because I thought that was the way mm. I should react or it mm-hmm. should be. But then later on I've understood that no, it was it was the way that we said hello to each yeah. other. <laughs> yeah. And when I had my second child, it actually it, it can like like it seemed to be like it. when you have two kids and maybe not so far apart, it goes very much faster the other time. Uh, and uh, I experienced that like when she was first born, like sh- when she came out, that's not really when I connected the most. But I remember it was more when I was like rolled up to the maternal ward. Then I was holding her in my arms. That's like the most, uh, that's the moment that I have like, that's when I really connected with her. Of course, I was really happy when she came, but uh, that's the moment that I mainly think back on, like that's when the happiness came. Mm. It's exactly the same for me. And with the first one, I just, she just, I connected to her instantly. Mm. And with Alba, I didn't because that had been such a, it had been so fierce that birth. It had required so much of me. Yeah, yeah. And (laughs) And so it took time just to assemble myself. Before I could welcome her. So I have the exact same experience. And with Mikkel, my, my yeah. third, that I knew was my last, I got that instant 
feeling yeah. again. Yeah, I feel I can really, really <laughs> connect to that. <laughs> so, so that's uh, yeah. So it's different. Yeah, every time is different, and I think yes, that is it so is. Cool. Yes, it is. And if it you don't get that is. instant, you know, falling in love feeling. <laughs> It will come. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. It will so you come. can, yeah. Uh, I think that's really important to to talk and be open about that because so you don't have to feel that you're like, oh, what kind of a mom am I? Because that that's it's not it. It's very easy to get that feeling. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it a is. A lot of guilt and shame. And yeah, but, a lot of guilt. <laughs> yeah, a lot of guilt. But there's really no reason for it. Because it's uh, just, it, love comes in different shapes, even for your children. Well, yes, yes, it does. But I think it, it is a collision between how we think things should be, how mm-hmm. we picture things mm-hmm. to be, and how we actually feel in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It can be a gap between the picture we have and the feeling we have. <laughs> and sometimes that gap is wide. <laughs> sometimes it truly is very wide which makes it a little bit difficult sometimes I think yeah I do agree you had longed for giving birth the third time yeah was it like you had envisioned it yeah I think so or like I was after once I had embraced the fact that I was going to be become a mother again I had kind of embraced the thought that I will do what I can, but I'm going to rest in the uh, notion that I can't do like every, I can't affect everything in this pregnancy and not in the birth either. I'm going to just go along and uh, to embrace what comes. And that was really my feeling throughout the pregnancy and during birth also. And so I had like, uh, I had prepared for being induced. And uh, so all the things that happened uh, that I had to push and that I was going to take epidural and everything. Yeah, I kind of kind of expected like this is probably this is a probable way for things to go. So maybe yeah, it probably was a bit like I expected it, but I'm I think I'm like the kind of person also that uh shape things afterwards. I'm like, yeah, it was meant to be this way. <laughs> so, um to me it felt like it was a really good birth. And uh um this was how it was going to be. Do you think it was easier to be humble uh, towards the whole process because you had gained wisdom from doing it before and you were a little bit older? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Because uh, there were even, uh, since he was uh, lying in breach for quite some time um, before he even like turn, uh, it was even talk about uh, having a cesarean which I'm I'm not against cesareans, but I prefer not to do it if I can give a natural birth. Uh, and when I was younger, 
if it had been my first child, I probably would have been distraught, actually. Mm. Uh, but but this time I was like, do you know what? If it's the best thing for me and my body, I'm going to do it. And the baby, of course. <laughs> I'm going to do it. So I was very like open to uh, what was coming, mm. I think. I think that's one of the beauties with becoming a parent that uh, we become so much wiser because our mm. kids teach us so much about life. They truly do. And what we can affect and decide upon and what we, we can't decide upon. <laughs> yeah. Could you draw strength from the knowledge that you had done it twice before? Yeah, of course. I, I knew I knew that I could give birth uh, with just the laughing gas. And I knew my body could push a baby through. I knew I could uh, like go through a pregnancy that my body had done it before. So if you look upon the whole process of bringing your child, Julian, into this world, what would you say was the most important factor for this positive experience? Um, well, I think uh, the whole embracing thing was very important for a positive experience. And also, I'm, I must say, even though I'm like on this podcast, it, the podcasts that I had listened to uh, is like, they really did help me to listen to other birth stories, uh, to uh, really get into the mood of like, this is what I'm doing now. So you created space for allowing it to happen, it sounds like. Yeah, that's a really good way of, of putting it. Yeah. <gasps> I did. Cool. It paid off. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. So if there was one wisdom or advice you'd like to pass forward to the women listening, what would that be? I think preparation is a really important thing, especially maybe if you are scared uh, and maybe thinking that you think you're not going to be able to make it then I think it's really, really helpful to to gather information, uh, start to vision what what can actually happen and how can I be able to cope with that. So I think it is important to, to be prepared. And uh, also, then I, w- I would say to, to truly embrace that this is what you're doing. You're going to have like, a whole life after like five years or something, your life going, it's going to get back. Like you're going to be able to focus on work and other stuff again. But you're not giving so many births in your life, likely. So uh, you have everything to gain if you really take it to you that this is what I'm going to do. Especially if you're scared, I really, truly recommend to listen to, to this post- podcast, actually, to, to listen to different stories. And uh, even though my experience now maybe sound like there was like no difficulty at all, I, I don't know how, how uh, this will be perceived, but... It wasn't without uh, problems and it wasn't without hurdles, but 
um, since I was since I knew what was happening, it wasn't scaring me. I didn't have to get into panic, like even that I have to had to sit when you really want to move, like when you're in labor or when you're really, really tired and you're like, no, I'm not going to make it like you will make it. But uh, it can be good to think through. Do you think that maybe you will want to take an epidural to kind of decide and uh, or like have a preparation at least for like um, to to work your mind through the process before it's happening? Because that's like a, a fire drill. <laughs> you you go through it and um, then some parts of your mind will help you to remember that once you're in a more unfamiliar situation, your mind is going to help you to get back into, yeah, but I knew this was going to happen. I heard like when when you're at the last stage, you're probably going to feel like you're going to walk, want to walk home. That's a sign. That's a sign that something is happening in your body, that it's not so much longer time until your baby's going to be there. And if you have thought it through and kind of know a bit about the process, you're going to be helped by it. Oh, so thank you so much for coming and sharing your story. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Blessed for you trusting me with your story. And it's now going to be passed forward to other women listening. Mm -hmm. I think it's so cool. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Swedish midwife Åsa Holstein. And thank you, dear Rebecca, for a really fun conversation about bringing babies into this world. And I love your take on birth preparation to look upon it as it is a fire drill, so you know how to act when called upon. When it comes to having your labor induced, please do have a discussion with your healthcare provider to really understand the reason to why an induction is needed. And bear in mind that inducing on a very immature cervix usually requires many hours of waiting time before the body gets the hang of realizing what we try to make it do, actually go into labor. If the cervix is mature and or you have given birth before, induction might not at all require many hours but might be easy and make birth fast. It is, as always, like with all aspects of labor and birth, very individual. I need to ask for your support to enable me to keep producing more episodes. If you're not a patron supporter yet, do join me in this quest of mine to let positive stories about birth come to life. So go to Patreon and look for the podcast. You can sign up for a dollar a month. It's almost like having a coffee with me each month. (laughs) Other ways to support me and the podcast is to rate us on whatever pod platform you're using and to spread the word about it by sharing it with friends, family and colleagues. Thank you so much. If you want to read more about me, check out the positivebirthstorypodcast.com. May the force be with you.